Yes, it is me. Welcome to your Thursday night with me, Matt Wright, right here on the Writer's Block. And thank you for tuning in for uh, this episode of Muddy Waters Media's The Writer's Block. Uh, I definitely appreciate each and every one of you out there who choose to spend your Thursday evenings with me right here on the internet. Uh, first and foremost, allow me to thank the fantastic and wonderful, beautiful people at siestacava.com. If you are one of the few who has not tried the Libertarian Kool-Aid as of yet, go to siestacava.com and pick your Libertarian Kool-Aid or Hippie Moonshine up today. To the wonderful people at siestacava.com and to all of you out there watching, Bula Banaka. Today's episode, like many of them, is brought to you by the fantastic people that I'm about to list here. Uh, this episode is brought to you by personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. And even though we don't have the anchor call-in moment on today's episode, that is a strictly Tuesday thing, we still like to thank Chris because he is a fantastic individual. And if you are in the Florida area of the United States and you uh, are personally injured by anything or anyone, call Chris. He will get you rich. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. If you want to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, go over to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and pick yourself up a button. Yes, we sell buttons. Uh, and if you want to become a voting member, get a shirt. Pick up a Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus shirt that we definitely are never going to get sued for. This episode is also brought to you by the most aptly named company for Muddied Waters <laughs> Media ever. This... 
episode is brought to you by Mudwater. If you are one of the people out there who are looking to who are looking to make the switch from uh, coffee to something that has one seventh of the caffeine and tastes like it came off of the foot of a hobo, um, then uh, check out Mudwater. It's made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. If you are one of the many who want to make that switch today, uh, head over to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud. This episode is brought to you by the Gravy King. And also by Jonathan Reels, who is apparently not a real candidate, but we need to make him one. If everybody goes to www.jonathan.cash and donates money, uh, Jonathan Reels will become a real candidate. You could be like the Jiminy Cricket to his Pinocchio. You can help him become a real candidate. This episode is brought to you by the royal green and by silver the silver throned uh these are books uh that jack casey who apparently went on cajun libertarians podcast last night but not you know he hasn't shown up on mine or spikes so i don't know why we continue to support him but you know whatever everybody should go to the royalgreen.com because if enough people buy his books he will name the third one after our show um, which isn't in my notes, but, uh, yeah, you should, everybody go to the Royal Tell me if these books are actually good. And if I should buy them, if enough people tell me to buy them, I will purchase a copy, but, uh, the Royal everybody head on over. This episode is also brought to you by Cumberland cannabis co. Uh, if you want legal Tennessee CBD delivered to you, go to Cumberland cannabis, Cumberland cannabis Um, that is really difficult to say. CumberlandCannabisCo.com. And uh, you can find out what legal CBD, legal Tennessee CBD is. This episode is brought to you by Joe Soloski, the key to Pennsylvania's success. Uh, if you live in the Pennsylvania region of the United States of America, vote for Joe Soloski in the upcoming gubernatorial election next year. And thank you to all of you, of course, for tuning in. And uh, thank you for tuning in uh, on this fantastic Thursday night. Now, I am exceptionally excited because uh, we have a big day today. Like, today's been such a long day already, packed with so many great things happening. And it's going to continue all throughout the night. But next on the list is what I have been looking forward to for a myriad of weeks now. Um... And that is Brent DeRitter. My good friend Brent DeRitter is on the show with me today. Now, where he is, is raining heavily. So uh, you may hear rain in the background. And he live, where he lives is also in a tin roof. So he is actually in his car. So don't ask questions about these things. Um, just understand it's raining and we have Brent DeRitter, which is the greatest gift anybody could hope for right now. What is up, my brother? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Those, d- those, those were the worst plugs, product plugs I've ever heard. Thank man. you. <laughs> Thank fantastic. you. I, I try to outdo myself every week by making them worse. It was really great this week. I'm <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I try to make them so bad that most people don't want to buy the product at all. Uh, I was thinking about buying Jack's book yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I will buy Jack's book at some point. And I love Jack because he can take, he, he, he enjoys what I say about him on the show. So I'm like, well, if he can take this, then he can take anything. Um, <laughs> love that guy. Um, so I don't know how many of uh, the writer's blocks you have seen. I'm assuming it's probably about 54. But uh, we like to start off every episode asking our guests how uh, they became a libertarian. How is it that you found the Libertarian Party? You of all people, and I know I sing your praises a lot. I have often said that you are the only person that I will endorse for anything you run for nationwide, blanketly. Like, I don't care what it is. You are endorsed by me. Um, I haven't even said that about somebody who owns this company with me. Um, I appreciate that. So you may be like, you, you just could be like the second coming of uh, Gary Nolan, as far as I know. Like, you're just like, you were born libertarian and just ran with it. Um, but how is it that you became a libertarian? Was it, did you come by it like just growing up or were you like in a party and then switch over? No. Yeah. So I definitely was not born a libertarian. Um, I was, uh, I was, I switched a lot between right and left growing up and it was always extremes. It was always extreme right and extreme left. And, um, I was a Republican and thought that my, uh, my spirituality was, that was in line with that, my religious beliefs. And I did some, you know, thinking in my late teens, early twenties and decided that that was, that was wrong. And a lot of the stuff just didn't line up for me. And I, I went like overnight, went from like hardcore Republican to, um, and, and like a, a Republican activist to, uh, anarchist. Um, I consider myself a voluntarist and I did uh, voluntarist outreach for, a few years and then uh, got sucked into my state party and that's how I got involved with the Libertarian Party. So, Fair. kind of a weird... No, a I, weird... I, I absolutely... I understand it, though, because I... Um, you know, same same thing. I grew up very, uh, very conservative. Uh, many would have called me a neocon. I remember at some point in my life wondering which country we were going to go to war with next, but not in the way that I do now. Not in, hmm which country are we going to legally start a war with now that's going to cost us billions or trillions of dollars? Like, I was like, where are we going to go next? Like that. I was like excited for it when I was younger. Um, Oh yeah, that was me for sure. I was, I, I, I tried to sign up. Thank God I was fat and and, in poor physical health. (laughs) So they didn't want me, but yeah, I was trying to go overseas and I was that guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I signed up. I was ready and, uh, I got real, real lucky. Um, I got real, real lucky for reasons we don't have to get into today, but, um, but yeah, so I, like I was, I was a hundred percent ready to go. And, uh, you know, as I got older, I was like, wait, this is why, why are we in these, all these places? Like, sure. Right after, you know, September 11th, a lot of the country was behind going to places They were behind Afghanistan, you know, wrongly, you know, they were behind Iraq wrongly, but you know, the swell was there. Um, and then as I got older, I was like, why are we spending billions of dollars or trillions of dollars at this point doing this when it's been proven that he was in Pakistan and nothing happened there. We were just like, no, we're just going to go in there and take him eventually. But the rest of the time we're going to waste all of this money here to, 
stabilize a region that's not stable at all. Like none of this makes any sense. And that kind of led me, that helped lead me toward libertarianism. That and uh, getting arrested for weed was also a big, why are you arresting me for this? Yeah, that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That'll do it. Watching friends of mine growing up get constantly be arrested for just poor life choices. Not, Not that weed's a poor life choice. Um, but I mean, you know, just, just poor life choices, things that they maybe shouldn't have done, but you know, right. they weren't hurting anybody. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's a big part of it for sure. Yeah. And th- it was like, all of that was kind of leading me to that. But yeah. I, and I did, I didn't go full on anarchist. I went, you know, libertarian and I was a minarchist for, you know, a while. And then after a while I was just like, no, this is what I don't care it's still a boot. It doesn't matter how big of a boot it is. I don't want it on me and I'm not going to lick it. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. There was, I was like, I was a minarchist for about 45 minutes. Right. I was one for a little bit yeah. longer than that, but that was because, you know, the, the conservative was in me really strong for a while and I just couldn't give up that last little bit until my body went this, why this makes no sense. And then I let it all go. And it, now it doesn't like, none of it makes any sense. Um, so you are one of I'm gonna you you are in my opinion the best uh, orator in the Libertarian Party. Um, I believe that you have the ability to reach people uh, through messaging in ways that nobody else can. Um, every conversation that I have seen you have or I have been in with you. I have just been honestly just impressed at how you are able to uh, deliver your message and never make the person feel like they're being talked down to, never condescending. And you talk to them just as if you and I were having a conversation about steak. But you can do that with anything. And it's amazing to me whenever I see it, whether it's online or where, or we've been in, uh, in person with each other. Um, and is this where you're, where you came up with your idea for sell Liberty? Yeah. So I guess you guys, I love that everybody always likes to heap praise on me. Cause I, 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 really, I mean, it, I live in a house with uh, five women, so it, I really appreciate the accolades <laughs> from time to time. But, um, the fact is, man, is I'm, I'm not, I'm not that great at it. Uh, I, I understand some basic skills, right? So in my professional life, I was a salesman. I did some low-level marketing. We, uh, I was a salesman in 2004. That was back when we still like rang a bell when we made a sell, and you yelled and screamed and did the cheering and the. <clears throat> and um, I became a sales trainer. Uh, I did the low-level marketing when I was doing sales, the making my own handouts and all that. Um, I was pretty good at it. I, I just, I read a couple of books and and I had come out of my shell in high school, right? I was a really shy kid. I didn't talk much. And in high school, I started to really come out of my shell and I, I learned how to communicate with people. And I started to apply those basic uh, techniques or those basic ideas and, and some techniques that I had read about to these sales gigs. And I was, I was good enough to become a sales trainer and I really hated what I did um, because what I did was trick people into buying things that they didn't really need. Uh, and I, again, I was very, very good at it. Um, I just, it made me feel bad. So I quit. I went into the family business. I was a, uh, I was a, I, I, I understand that completely. <laughs> I yeah, understand. It's, it's, I, I hated yeah. doing, I hated doing sales because I was not good at the hard sale. Like if you want to buy cool, if not, like, I'm not going to, 
I'm not gonna push. Oh, you. I'm a master. So I am Mr. No, right? I love no's. Salesmen hate no's, or you 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 accept them as part of getting to your yes. Right. I absolutely love the customers that would deny right away. Those are my bread and butter. I'm. It, it's just applying some basic techniques, right? But I, I got really sick of it. I quit, and I came back. I came to the Liberty Movement, and there was always sales involved in anything I did. It was commercial, even commercial fishing, right? It, you're haggling, uh, haggling the wholesalers. Right. So I mean, I'm. It, it's it's uh. It, it applies to my marriage. It applies to dealing with my kids. It's just some basic communication techniques. And then I saw that libertarians are like incredibly bad at this. And I love you guys. I love I love all of you. But we are the worst communicators. We we win in the in the arena of ideas all the time. With I mean every time. But we can't articulate that to normal people who don't necessarily they're not completely on board with libertarianism. We think we've got this big giant idea and we gotta feed you this big idea all at once. And the basic idea is to break that giant idea down into small bite-sized pieces that the average person can consume at their leisure. And then when you're having a conversation, you just follow some, like I said, some basic sales techniques. It's exactly what Spike does. We all love Spike. It's exactly what that guy does. He just does it in front of a camera really, really, really well, well, right? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's exceptional at what he does, but he's applying the same basic techniques that you can learn from Dale Carnegie or... Uh, any sales book or yeah, somebody in the comments. Am- the best techniques. <laughs> yes, Stephen uh, Stephen Witt in the comments said John Maxwell or Zig Ziglar, and I've seen both of those guys speak at sales conventions, and yeah, like it is, it's it is the stuff that they say that Spike is able to use and put into motion while just a natural conversation, um, and you are absolutely the same way. Uh, people are saying, yeah, you are absolutely right. Um, somebody asked if you are an ABC believer, um, which... To an extent. So okay. there are some there are some really cheesy lines that have come out of movies that, are, that sound like really good ideas. They're not. Um, ABC is one of those. Uh, for those of you who don't know, ABC uh, is always be closing. <clears throat> which in theory sounds like a good idea and it's for the hard sell it's for a short sell so it's it's for like a one touch sell and in sales we've got multiple touches right and a touch is every time you you communicate with a person every time you engage that's a really pushy way of selling and it doesn't necessarily yeah if you're selling meat like i did out of the back of a truck frozen meat door to door it's a great way to sell meat if you're selling knives door to door it's a great way to sell knives if you're selling um financial goods or services it's a great way to sell that if you're trying to change somebody's mind about a political ideology and their political affiliation it's not a good idea abc is is a pushy sales right uh tactic and probably not the best idea for dealing with voters right when i was when i was a real estate agent abc was terrible because yeah Yeah. you needed people to take time this is the biggest purchase of their life so for most of them, so you don't want to push them into these things. You have to give them their own time to figure it out and think about it. Um, but when I was doing uh, jewelry sales in Alaska, you had to be ABC. Like you had to try to push people into purchasing. And that was where I was awful. Just terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference between, you know, making a small purchase and making a life decision, right. a home or a political affiliation. It's a, it's a big life decision, big right? life decision. Big life decisions. So when 
One of the big things that uh, has been happening on Clubhouse recently is there have been many conversations about bringing, bringing new blood to the Libertarians. Um, and even if it's not the Libertarian Party, just to the idea of liberty and the Libertarian message. Um, what is some of the best ways? Like when people are in rooms that aren't, you know, just strictly Libertarian rooms, which many of us will find ourselves kind of stuck in that whole, like we, we see it on Facebook, we only hang out with the libertarian, on the Libertarian pages and the Libertarian groups and get into our own echo chambers. But if somebody's branching out and going to... Um, different rooms or clubs or whatever, um, or even just in your daily life, uh, talking to people from other parties, what is the best way for them to sell liberty without turning that person completely off? Because so many people think that what they believe in is liberty. They're like, no, that is liberty. So how do you break them of that belief while also selling, like without pushing them away? Well, so uh, it, it, the first thing you're going to think of is your framing, right? So there's some basic sales techniques that people should learn. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, it's just persuasive speaking stuff that that's really easy to learn. You can uh, on Sell Liberty here. Sorry, shameless plug. Uh, here soon you'll be able to check out our our virtual classes. Um, we're already doing in-person training events. We've done one in Tennessee. We've done one in North Carolina. We'll be doing another one in North Carolina. I think I'm headed up to. Uh, to Nevada at some point um, in the near future, possibly. Um, so we'll, we'll do those in-person things. But if you, the first thing you want to think of before you think of all those techniques is your, your framing of your message. And one of the best ways to, uh, one of the best things that we can do is to pull from either the right or the left is to frame, frame the message from the opposite or I'm sorry, frame an opposite message or a message that you think that we'll get opposition to um, in the terms of the person that you're talking to. It's, uh, sorry, let's, let's uncomplicate that idea. If you're going to pitch uh, gun rights, pitch it to the left because you, you don't need to pitch it to the right, mm -hmm. right? We have a tendency to do that as libertarians. We, we want to talk about gun rights to people that are on the right. It's not productive for us. It's, it, it, they already appreciate gun rights. So you're going to be talking to people that are on the left with gun rights. And when you do that, you want to frame it from a left perspective. So you take a right issue and you take it to the left, somebody that's on the left, and you frame it from their perspective. Gun rights are uh, homophobic. They're racist. They're sexist. Um, they're classist. All those are, are, you know, left ideas, right? Those are, those are ideals that are important to that group. And you're you're using those to frame your to frame your message. If you were going to push uh, ending the, the war on drugs to somebody that's a conservative, you want to and you don't need to do that with the left. Right. You want right. to do that with the right. And right. when you do that with the right, what you want to focus on is your tax dollars are being spent to put police and your community in harm's way. Every time a police officer comes into contact with a drug user or a, or a drug um, uh, uh, pusher, pusher man, um, apparently in 60 now uh, <laughs> ever uh, i hate being on camera i'm so not spike cohen um but uh every time you're you're putting it out that way you you cause overlap right so when folks on the left think where do i agree with people on the right they're going to realize that they agree with people on the right and it overlaps with libertarianism when people on the right are thinking that way they're you know it overlaps with libertarianism so what we want to be is the overlap 
where people have points of agreement and then we can draw from both sides. So framing your message in the correct way is the most important thing. Right. And one of the, um, one of the things that I learned early on in my libertarian uh, activism days is once you could convince somebody on one piece of liberty, that's, that is the seed. You have that seed planted in them. So let's say, um, even if you're talking to somebody on the left and you're talking about the drug war, um, and you're talking about the drug war and you're discussing how, um, you know, we need to get rid of the drug. We need to end the drug war. It's costing too much in taxes. It's creating a, uh, it's creating a, uh, system of violence and, uh, systemic racism. And it's creating, uh, the flow of, uh, people trying to come of migrants trying to come into the nation and we could like help them out in their nation by ending the drug war here. And like, once you can get them on that and seeing how more government intervention is an issue, you kind of have the seed planted for that to continue to grow into other areas, um, is one of the, what is something that I have found. Um, and then they start saying, okay, more government here is bad. Why would I want more government here? And it continues to grow from that is what I have kind of noticed. Have you noticed a similar situation? Yeah, for sure. Sorry, we've got high beams in the parking lot over there. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. So that's that's just an upsell. In, in sales, we call that an upsell. So your, your initial sell is the hardest part, uh, convincing that person to buy the idea that I, and I, I frequently start with something really radical, like uh, legalizing heroin, right? Ending the drug war completely. And um, if you do it right, and, and you're careful about who your audience is, it's a great way to start. And once you've done something that radical, an idea that, that principled and that radical, it's, it's easier to do those upsells. But everything after that, yeah, it's totally just an upsell. It's like if I sold you a bank account and then I get you uh, check imaging, that's one of the things that I sold, by the way. I'd, I'd, I'd sell you the bank account. I give you, I get you sold on the idea of a bank account. And then we're going to do check imaging and overdraft protection and um, e-statements and, and all that stuff. I mean, that's where you're going from there. So we sell you on legalizing drugs and then we're like, Oh yeah. And they shouldn't be in charge of healthcare and they shouldn't be in charge of charge of immigration and they shouldn't be in charge of um, security and yeah, all up sales. Absolutely. That makes sense. I just realized that your shirt glows in the dark. Does it? Yeah. I just want <laughs> of my kids bought it for me yeah. today. So it's, it's just because I, I mean, you're since you're outside and the sun is going down, like, Yoda's head just keeps getting brighter. And I was like, am I imagining this right now? It's going to be you and baby Yoda talking about selling Liberty here in about five minutes. (laughs) It's fantastic. Yes. You have ultimate power. Yeah. (laughs) In the drug war. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The light helping it all. There we go. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That was just uh, like, all of a sudden I was like, I, I'm seeing baby Yoda better than I see Brent, which, you know, I'm okay with, but, um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So the upselling is a, is a very important part of any kind of, uh, philosophy. I don't care which side you're on it. Cause if you convince somebody of one thing and I waited tables for years, for years and, Every boss I ever had was, you need to do the upsell. You need to do the upsell. If you can get everybody to buy, you know, uh, one $6 appetizer, which tells you how long ago I was waiting tables. Um, 
get get everybody to buy one six dollar appetizer. You have twenty tables. That's an extra uh, six times twenty, one hundred and twenty bucks a night. Which is you know if you're making twenty percent on that, that's an extra twenty to twenty four twenty five bucks. Uh, so how hard is it to say? Do you want to start off with mozzarella sticks? And they were right. Um, I never did it, but they were right. Like it would have been easy to do. Uh, but when it comes to selling liberty or selling a philosophy of liberty, when you start out with, okay, you have them on the drugs or you have them on the guns, depending on, you know, depending on which side we're talking about here. The issue that I see come in is the deep seated issues where you have to try to break some deep seated fear or hatred, uh, that many of them have. Um, so like with the right, since you have them on the guns, uh, one of the ones that I notice a lot of, and many of the people on the right that I know are going to sound like they're in their seventies based on what I'm about to say, but, uh, they talk about, you know, we can't get rid of the, we can't end the drug war because that will ruin the culture of America. And they have this hatred of drugs because they think it ruins the culture of America. Um, and on the left, when you're talking about the guns, you know, they'll say because of the racists on the right, like, and those are the deep seated fears. Like they don't want the culture, my right, your left. Uh, they don't want the culture to uh, be destroyed. And they're afraid of the, ra they hate the racists who are going to do terrible things with the guns. How do you get past like those big fears, those big issues that they have? So libertarians know the answer to that, right? That's, that's what we're really good at. We're, we're good at having the answers. We're not good at communicating those answers. So you're just going to take your answer and present it <clears throat> with some basic sales techniques. But my favorite thing in the world is feel felt found. This is, so I'm, I am married to a woman. Uh, I know that you know what it's like to live with a woman. I do. Um, to all the female libertarians listening right now, I apologize for what I'm about to say, but um, I win arguments sometimes. I don't know if that's ever <laughs> happened to you, but every once in a while, I win an argument with my wife. I, ha I, I have four daughters. Tell me what that's I like. Win. It's insane. Uh, I win arguments there every once in a while. And, and so it, it works in the sales world. It works at home. And it's just feel felt found. It's the idea. And because those things present themselves as objections, right? You're already having the conversation. And then a, a conservative will say, well, we can't end the drug war because, you know, to ruin culture or whatever. Uh, feel felt found is a, is a technique that allows you to acknowledge someone's objection, um, empathize with that objection, and then dismiss it outright, which is it, it, it allows you to debate. It's the way that libertarians can debate without turning everybody off. Okay. It's the way that you win the conversation without having to have an argument. And so when somebody says something as simple as, uh, let's see, uh, okay, all right, libertarians uh, shouldn't, we shouldn't vote libertarians in office because all the roads will fall apart. Nobody will be able to drive anywhere. You start with um, acknowledging their concern and empathizing, right? So I understand that you feel libertarians don't care about the roads. Before I was a libertarian, I felt the same way. What I found was that libertarians have a lot of great ideas uh, about how roads will be funded and, and maintained in a libertarian society or, or with under an, an, a libertarian administration. And those ideas actually predate 
the current system that we have, we had roads well before we had income tax and, and that worked out really well and businesses and individuals. So you, it will maintain the roads, but you're basically, you're making the argument, but before you make your argument, before you tell people why they're wrong, and that's what we love to do. Um, but before you tell people why they're wrong, you acknowledge their concerns and you empathize with those concerns. You validate how they feel. And then they're much more apt to hear. They're, they're much more enthusiastic about hearing what you have to say. It's just letting people know that you care about what they care about before you tell them they're idiots. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so the biggest one that uh, I've gotten about libertarians, like so much so, because I'll get, I'll get this randomly. Like, I won't even be in the conversation with a person. Like, I'll just be out, hanging out with my, you know, it, what do you, what's our group called? The, the, dispro- my disproportionately attractive girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will be out with my disproportionately attractive girlfriend, and we will just be having a very nice time, and somebody who knows me or recognizes me will come up, and they will just go... No, I like a lot of what you say, but libertarians are selfish. Yeah. I, I've started to just ignore it because I'm out having a good time with my disproportionately attractive girlfriend. Um, and that's more important to me than arguing with this person um, because she's disproportionately attractive to me. And I'm not going to ruin that to get into a fight with somebody or a debate with somebody about politics right now. Um, smart man. That's why you have a disproportionately attractive girlfriend. That's right. I get to use this thing every once in a while. Less now. I just know, you know, when I'm out with her, don't argue with people. Um, but the, the selfish one is one that I have heard from my baby days as a libertarian to, you know, we can say three days ago. Um, and I try to explain to him, I got this on clubhouse a lot. Um, but I explained to him, no, we do care about people. We just don't think that you need to do it by force and that people will go out and help other people. Um, so if you were to hear libertarians are selfish, what would be the best way that you would frame that as opposed to me just saying what I said, which is basically how I handle that every time. Yeah. So, uh, well, we've got a lot of great, we've got a lot of ammunition for that one, right? right? We've got a lot of great examples of libertarians being great philanthropists and doing good things in their community. <clears throat> so again, you want to just apply feel, felt, found, right? You want to acknowledge their their concern, you want to validate it, and then you want to move past it. So yeah, I totally understand what you mean. Uh, I, I used to feel the same way about libertarians. When I first got started, that was my, one of my biggest concerns was in a libertarian society, you know, who's going to feed the hungry and, and who's going to house the homeless and who's going to educate people? And uh, I think the libertarian answer to that, what I found was the libertarian answer to that is that we just want to exclude the middleman, that, that government generally uh, just manages contracts and, and people that actually do the work, those contractors, will still do the work for you and your community. Um, and that's, that's how we get past all of them, right? Well, it's easier with charity because we've got proof that libertarians are philanthropists and do great things. The Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief was one of those things. Yeah, um, the five dollar, the five dollar memes club, Liberty memes. Liberty memes. $5. Those guys are fantastic. Yeah, yeah they raised like half a million dollars, right? It wasn't it like, it's like yeah. half a million yeah, dollars. I don't I remember how much it was because uh, Dadman keeps getting kicked off Facebook. Um, but poor Dave. Yeah, I feel so bad for that guy. Like he is literally out there trying to help and do good, and he's just constantly booted. 
Um, but yeah, no, they've done amazing work, and they I believe it is close to half a million dollars, if not more, at this point that they have raised in order to help people. And that is something that, you know, I will bring these up and they'll go, yeah, but that's not all of them. Many of them are just in it for themselves. And I'm like, well, I can't respond to that because, yes, many of them are just like many of you are in it for yourselves. Yeah, that's that's the response. Right. So, I mean, we're, you're not going to people want because libertarianism is so different than what we have. People expect us to have all the answers. That's why they, we talk a lot about utopias, right? They're, that We talk about utopias because everybody expects libertarianism to be this utopia. I mean, acknowledge that. That's a, From a sales perspective, the best thing you can do with your flaws is acknowledge them and move on, right? So, yeah, there are, there are selfish libertarians. There are selfish Republicans. There are selfish Democrats. Uh, but you're talking to somebody that cares, right? right. So what you want to do now is create that common ground. You want to you use common – you can only build from common ground. And so your common ground is that, that hey, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you're so concerned about, you know, uh, about people being selfish and about, you know, wanting to do better things for your community. I'm a libertarian and I'm really concerned about that, too. Let's talk about some of the issues and, and move on. I mean, what what are the issues that you're concerned about? Well, I'm concerned about homeless people. Great. Me, too. Let's talk about how we Let's can get a homeless how we outreach. Can fix that set up yep exactly right. and now you're moving on now you're talking about solutions and you've got now you don't have opposition you're not sitting across the table from somebody who's like oh this guy's a jerk you're sitting across the table from somebody who's now immediately on board with what you're saying yeah now we're going to figure out how to do homeless outreach in my community and help homeless people in my community and and your allies right 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 so now and that and that's actually a brilliant a brilliant way to approach that that i had never <laughs> considered ever in my life to be like what issue do you care about okay how can we do this what do you what do you see that you and i can start right here right now in order to help out that because i care because i care about that as well home you know whether it's a homeless issue whether it's uh uh feeding feeding uh food i forget the word for that feeding children who are hungry i can't remember the technical term for it um but, you know, making sure that kids have food or, you know, whatever it is, what is it you and I can work on this together? We can figure out a plan and we can move forward from there and we can make sure that uh, we at least stop somebody from being hungry tonight or somebody's going to have, you know, a new pair of shoes or a blanket or whatever it is. Like, let's figure that out right now and work together and then grow from there. Right. And during that part of the conversation, you want to make sure that you, you encourage them by showing appreciation, right? And it needs to be genuine appreciation. Right. And so <clears throat> when you're doing that, I mean, be excited. If they're talking about, you know, feeding hungry people, that's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that there's, there's another person in the room that cares about feeding hungry people. You're, you're fantastic. Let's talk about how we can work on that. And you've got an immediate ally, right? Now this guy's like, hey, libertarians aren't so bad. We're, we're, we're fixing issues together. Yeah. No, I... Um... I, I, I love what you're pitching so far. I mean, um, so when, when did you come up with the idea for Sell Liberty? Like, where, where was the apex for that, the pinnacle for that? Because you've always been an activist for the entire time that I've known you, which is we're coming up on two, two years or so now. Um, and you've always been an activist, but what was the catalyst that made you go, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to teach people how to do this. So the 
first time that I thought about uh, Cell Liberty was the very first conversation I had with a libertarian. And I was like, oh, God, you are bad at this. You are not because it was I, I was immediately called an idiot. Right. Because that's we like to yell about how we're the smartest one in the room. And those are the, the kind of people that we tend to be. Um, and it just I was like, this isn't how you win people over. And then the second time I thought about it was the second conversation I had with a libertarian. And it kind of went on from there. And um, it just here recently, uh, I've, I've previously to this, I donated about 40 plus hours a week. Uh, my wife works and I, we, we homeschool our kids. So I, I did some work, a little bit of contract work and stuff like that from home. And I'm, I'm a stay at home dad. So uh, got to fill my time with something. And I was an activist for the Libertarian Party. And my wife finally was like, hey, you, you have to do something with this and and try to start um making a living again because she's uh getting older and less excited about i I got kicked out of the workforce for a while (laughs) and now she's kicking me back in and i was like that's great i want to keep doing what i'm doing so i'm gonna go around the country which is i was already doing it locally and and nationally just you know remotely um but i was like i'm gonna go around the country i'm gonna come up with a program that teaches libertarians how to sell libertarian ideas we're going to work on messaging we're going to work on a little bit of, a little bit of marketing and we're going to teach these ideas and these tactics and then teach people how to put on events where they can apply these ideas and uh you'll see a patreon up soon in a couple of days and my wife my wife is in charge and that's how i got started <laughs> I, I i i understand that I understand that yep. completely. Many people uh, take a look at me and they go, you know what? That's a guy who definitely has his life together. He knows what's going on. Look at him all gainfully employed, managing a successful podcast and um, also taking care of a family. Um, this guy must be Superman. I'm not like, I'm like Clark Kent in Superman 2 where he loses all of his powers and he's, you know, kind of... <laughs> A pansy where like he just can't do anything uh, and he doesn't he suddenly bleeds all the time um, I'm like that guy and uh, Sarah is the crypt she's not crypt um, she's careful she, careful she is like the son I want you that, to stay in the club bud she, she, <laughs> she is the powerful Kryptonian son that gave me my power to begin with and uh you know, she she is that son. She gives me my power. Um, well done. Yeah, I had to think of the right way to phrase that analogy. Um, yeah, I got scary for a minute. Right. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, that's going to come out <laughs> wrong because I'm about to say the name of the rock and not the name of the planet. Um, but, yeah, she, uh, she, she is the one that uh, definitely guides me in most of my life um, and makes me gain massive amounts of weight that uh, I was not planning on ever gaining again. But apparently with that comes greatness. Um, oh, yeah, I got a, I got a cooker too, man. I was, I, I, I was healthier than this um, <laughs> 17 years ago when we got started. Right. Yeah. I, uh, when she moved here uh, last year, I was 55 pounds less than I am now. And I was totally happy with it completely happy with where I was in my life. And now I'm like, 
why did you do this to me? And she's like, you look better. Shut up. Eat. And I'm like, okay. Well, food. I, I have seen the stuff, the food posts that she makes, and it's pretty ridiculous. I don't, how you don't look like me is beyond me. I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know because I eat a lot of food. Um, <laughs> even in the comments right now, she's saying you look better now. So you're welcome. Um, you're looking super hot today, bro. Thanks, I was going to say man. something. I didn't want to make it weird. Yeah. Vogue, I mean, man. that's what I'm talking about. We, uh, you know, I started out the show saying that you're the only person that I would endorse for anything and that you are the greatest uh, orator in the Liberty movement. So, you know, it's fair that we can crush on each other a little bit. Um, no, you guys embarrass me with that stuff, man. Uh, but it's true. Seriously, I know that we embarrass you with that stuff. But from the very first time I met you in South Carolina two years ago, um, we had a few conversations just, you know, here and there, but immediately I was like, that guy knows his stuff. He, he has a presence in which he command, like he just commands the attention and he knows how to like hold a conversation, which, and again, to all libertarians out there, I'm sorry, many of us don't. And I include myself in this. Um, but you just knew how to hold a, you, you have a presence and you can hold a conversation and you know your stuff and you could talk about it with out stumbling over yourself that many of you know many of us do i do it on the show all the time i'll start talking um and i don't know where like that michael scott thing where i'll start a sentence and i don't really know where it's gonna go and i just kind of hope i find it along the way um oh yeah i'm look i'm that guy though dude like on camera you put a microphone or a camera in front of me and i freak out right yeah. like i do well in front of individuals i do really well in front of big crowds but one guy with a microphone in front of me and I, I get all spazzy. This is probably the best interview I've ever done. Um, it's, it just gets weird, man. I, everybody's got that thing that's going to throw them, throw a monkey wrench in the gears. But right. there's, like I said, there's some basic techniques that you can use that make you sound way smarter than you are and way better at this than you actually are. And, and it's not super hard to learn. Right. And uh, I've got many friends who are fantastic at sales. If I could get them better at, believing in freedom um they would make great great additions to this like great additions to this movement um and that's where my that's where my uh that's where i fall apart because i'm not the best at sales like i'll talk to somebody and i'll be like this is my opinion on this and you have your opinion on that and we can discuss it and we probably won't fight but i don't know how to convince them that my way is right because my entire my entire life uh, when I was doing real estate, I don't care if you want to buy this house or not. Like I will show you another house. I want you to be happy. This is not where I'm going to live. It's where you're going to live. Um, and that is how I've been in so many different things. And when it comes to philosophy, uh, political philosophy, I know what works for me. I disagree with what works for you. Um, I just don't want you to put what works for you on me. And that's all I care about. <laughs> And that's where I have my fall down, fall apart, because if I was getting them over to our side, over to the side of liberty and the side of freedom, um, these people who are great salesmen uh, would be out doing what you're doing, <laughs> as opposed to what I'm doing, which is sitting here and talking to a bunch of people who already agree with me. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it sounds like you need to work on your closing a little, and <laughs> I can 
for sure uh, point you in the direction of someone who could train you and <laughs> teach you how to. <laughs> hmm. But no, I mean, you just. <laughs> who who would that be, Brent? Well, I don't want to plug myself over and over. Well, but um, that that is I why I brought you on here today. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, Sell Liberty. You can find us on Facebook at We Sell Liberty, um, and you'll be able to contribute to what we're doing soon. But yeah, really, man. I mean, if you're you're looking to close, the first thing you want to do is you want to set a metric, right? So where are we trying to get folks uh, in the first conversation? And in your first conversation, if you've got a local meetup, do you go to your local meetups? Uh, it's been a while. I'm putting you on the spot. I That's fine. No, it's it's been a while. Uh, terrible libertarian. Well, uh, <laughs> so I was regularly going to my meetups. Um, and I'm here in Florida. And I stopped going to the meetups here in Florida a few years ago. And if anybody knows the history of the Libertarian Party in Florida, you probably can guess right about the time I stopped going to the meetups. Um, and it was strictly because of some internal politics that I don't talk about um, that were happening here. And then I just never got back into the habit of doing it. Um, yeah, but, there was there was some uh, rough waters in Florida for a was, while. I think things have settled down. They quite have. A bit from and what I, I understand. I like leadership here now. Uh, I'm friends. I'm friends with Stephen Nicola. I'm friends with a lot of other people who are in. in oh, the Stephen's party. great. I love Stephen. Stephen's fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, yep. But you know, I just never got back into the habit of going to going to my meetings and going to the meetups that we had and all that kind of stuff. I just was like, well, I've got stuff to do on. Actually, I do have stuff to do every Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> it's right here. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so if you can get them into your local meeting, that's a great way. But set some kind of metric. Where do you want to get somebody? You're not going to get you're not going to get a diehard libertarian out of everybody, and even the ones you're going to turn into a diehard libertarian, you're not going to turn them into that overnight. So, uh, first touch, you want to maybe bring them to a local meetup, or um, hey, can we have a conversation? This was a great conversation. Can we talk about it more this weekend? And just get them to. It's, it's getting them back, right? Can I, can I contact you again? And then follow-up. If you're using a five-step sales process, the fifth step is follow-up. Call them back. Make sure that you know, they're coming to that meeting or they're, they're uh, going to show up to the, to the speaking event that you've got going on or whatever. Right. Or present them with locals that they can vote for. If it's not somebody that you can engage in that way, present them not with a national candidate again i love spike spike's one of my best friends he's i think the best messenger that the libertarian party has ever had bar none by wide margins um i but i I can't get my dad to vote for spike i mean i'm not it's not going to happen right i'm not going to get that hardcore republican to vote for spike for president because that's such a huge office and we think it's really important where we can really have impact, where you have the most impact anyway, is local local elections. Give right. them somebody they can vote for locally. Yeah, I totally understand you don't want to vote uh, Libertarian for uh, 2024. I get it. Uh, you want to vote to keep the Reds out of office or you want to vote to keep the Blues out of office. That's fine. Hey, this guy's running for city council in your area, and here's why he's great. Here's why he's better than the, than the opposition. This is why you should vote for Bill Smith, uh, who's running in your area. And when you present that guy, that's your close, right? So just confirm, hey, can I count on your vote? Can Bill count on your vote? And if not, great. That's I totally get it. Can we come back to this conversation later? I do want to point out, though, that you don't want to ask questions in that way. You don't want to ask simple yes or no questions because people take the easiest way out. You want to ask open-ended questions. So 
what's a good time to call you next weekend and talk about Bill again? I know you're not ready to vote for him now, but we need to have that conversation. And then, you know, get the time. Most people, given that option, they're not going to say, oh, screw you. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to let you call. They're going to, uh, all right, Saturday at 10 o'clock. Saturday at 10 o'clock. Right. Right. Yeah, one of the tricks. That's yourself. Right. One of the tricks I always did was, hey, let's get together on, uh, you know, let's get together later this week. Is uh, Wednesday at 7 or Thursday at 6 better for you? And That's perfect. And people will go, oh, uh, Wednesday at 7. Great. I'll see. I'll be right here. I will be here. I will see you here at 7 on Wednesday. Putting it in my calendar now. And um, Yeah, yeah. Two options is better than open-ended um, for sure. So, yeah, if you feel confident in doing that, do it. And then keep hitting them. And then you'll you'll close that cell. You'll eventually get a, a a vote for Bill Smith. And once Bill gets his vote, you know, then you you can get a vote for governor. You can get a vote for Senate. You can get a vote for the presidency. That's that's yeah. how we do that. That was, I was having this conversation with Cajun literally uh, just like an hour before this show, and I was like, "Yeah, he's like, brilliant. He right." I love that guy. So so do I. He he. You know how uh, we heap praise on you, and you get like all sheepishly shy about it, and you're like, I don't know why everybody does this. He's the exact yeah. same way. Um, he's like, I don't know why everybody thinks like I'm just a guy who's trying to like spread the message. Like I don't think I'm that. And I'm like, man, dude, you are so good. Like stop. Just and he's like, I. I and he's like, he turns into like this big kid who's like i don't i'm not used to people telling me i'm good at this um but no he he is brilliant but we were having the same conversation i was like and again libertarians i'm sorry for what the words that are leaving my mouth momentarily but this is true we're not going to win the white house in 2024 i don't care what you say or what you believe it's just not going to happen what you need to focus on is your local elections you need to get them into the city councils and into the into uh, the state houses and the state senates or, you know, whatever you have, the legislatures or whatever you have in your state, um, into your county commissions as mayors, as, you know, uh, vice mayors, as whatever it is, you need to get them there to show that it works. And then they build their way up. You're not going right. to jump into presidency, like just off the bat before taking a large number of the smaller seats. It's just not going to happen. Um, so if you focus on those seats, if you focus on the locals during these off seasons, get people in there, start showing that people have a chance that libertarians can work, can work to make things better on the local. They will start giving you chances in higher offices um, until that happens. You're not going to win a presidency. It's just not going to happen. Um, I hope that it does every time, but I would never, ever bet on it. Uh, not in. I didn't bet on it in 2020, and I'm not going to bet on it in 2024 either. Um, somebody asked, where is it? Uh, Stephen Witt asked, how can uh, we help monetize selling liberty? I love Stephen. Stephen's awesome. <laughs> Shout out to Stephen in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Um, so right now, today, you cannot. Uh, we had some, some stuff going on at the house the last few days. I should have had the Patreon set up uh, today. But there will be, uh, in the next two days, keep a lookout on the Sell Liberty page. Uh, we'll be putting out a lot more content. Some new stuff's going to be going up, some new ideas. And uh, we'll have a link to our Patreon. And if you don't want to do Patreon, you don't want to subscribe monthly, you can always, I've, I've got other ways. We'll, we'll uh, be posting a few links so you can make a one-time contribution. But um, keep in mind that Sell Liberty is not a nonprofit. This is a for-profit business. I don't want to work 
for Republicans and Democrats. I don't want to do a nonprofit and have to work with everybody. So I've got a for-profit that you can contribute to um, via a subscription or a one-time payment. And we're going to keep it that way so that I only work with libertarians. Libertarians are the only political party that deserve uh, my assistance, I feel. And uh, so, yeah, for sure. Patreon and uh, Square and Venmo and all that coming uh, in the next two days. Beautiful. Um, Thank you, Stephen. Jack Casey asks, uh, do you think it works to hire someone to hilariously and purposefully badly advertise and make fun of a product one is trying to sell asking for a friend? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I would... <laughs> I mean, if the audience is big enough, for sure. Um, I don't know how many books you're going to sell on a libertarian podcast, that, a book that's not libertarian. What is that book about, Jack? What is even, I mean, yeah. Yeah, funny is funny, bud, and funny sells. So, Does anybody uh, know what the book is about? So it, the author claims it's like if Game of Thrones, Dune, Ender's Game, Final Fantasy, Hamlet, V for Vendetta, Phantom of the Opera, and a bunch of other stories came together and had a few strange but beautiful rectangular-shaped babies. That sounds really awful. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know what to say. Jack is such a really nice guy, and I want to support what he does. Doesn't that sound terrible? No, yeah, it's, that's good marketing. I think it's good marketing. I don't know what your numbers are. I don't see. I don't get to look at your analytics, but I think the way you guys do those uh, do those plugs is fantastic. Yeah, that's my favorite. I remember it. <laughs> right, like people know. Yeah, like, I know what Mudwater is, and I've thought about buying it, and it's it's not the kind of product that I would buy. In all honesty, Mudwater doesn't taste. It doesn't taste bad. Um, it kind of tastes like I drink. I literally drink mud water. Uh, it is water that is made from the root of a plant that is ground up, and it tastes like uh, a liquefied potato. I'm not kidding. This is what kava tastes like. It's like a, you take a potato and you liquefied it. That is kava. Um, why, why are you doing that? Uh, when I quit drinking alcohol, oh, uh, gotcha. when I quit drinking alcohol, I started hanging out at kava bars because it was non-alcoholic. Um, it was non-alcoholic and it gave me a social outlet cause I did not have a disproportionately attractive girlfriend at the time. Um, I got a couple that were not disproportionate. They, I was disproportionately attractive to them, but now I have one that's disproportionately <laughs> attractive to me. Um, that's great. But, uh, so I had a, I needed a social outlet. So I started hanging out at these places and there was something about Kava where, yeah, you get kind of a buzz from it. Um, you get kind of a buzz from it, but it kind of enhances creativity, but it doesn't affect your cognitive function, you see your motor functions. Um, and then I just kind of started enjoying the people I was hanging out with, and I could sit there and have real conversations with these people as opposed to a bar where you did that circle talking where you know you say the same thing 15 times in three minutes and it counted as a conversation. Um, but instead I was able to get to know people on a more personal level. And because of that, I have included it in every aspect of my life ever since. Um, because it's, right on. Yeah, it's how, it's how I have gotten to know some of my best friends is over Kava. And, uh, that's where the name, where's that? Is that side? Yeah. Muddied waters comes from is because Kava is muddied water. Um, 
Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that's where awesome. It, yeah, that's where I came from. Is Kava's muddied water, so uh, we are the muddied waters of freedom. Um, somebody said uh, I mastered a sales pitch to be her boyfriend. Yeah, I did. I wrote a fantastic book, and I'd let that do the talking for me. Um, but yeah, no, that's so. I use that in my sales training as my credentials, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm like, look, I'm. I was a sales. I was a salesman for this bank. I was a salesman for this meat company. I was a salesman for this knife company. Um, I was a sales trainer, and also check out this picture of my super hot wife. Uh, <laughs> you can't. It's not because I'm good looking, and it ain't because I'm rich. You know, like the, I applied those same techniques, and you know that's how I got to be a member of the disproportionately the, the uh, libertarian guys with disproportionately attractive wives. Right. Yeah. You you were the founding member. Um. I am. You were the founding member. Not only am I a member, I'm the president. Right. I I feel like I was like the second, and then Spike was the third. <laughs> like it was just like, no, all of us are going in there because this is insane. Um, yeah, no. I I made that group because of the three of us. I was like, this is a weird phenomena <laughs> among. I was like, look at Sarah and look at Amber and look at Tasha and like, good God, what is happening? It's yeah, just, it, it makes no sense. It it really speaks no. to how good of speakers we all have to be. Really? Like, I've got that Irish silver tongue, or I never, like, I'm, you can't, that's why I'm sitting in the dark. The storm right. is a farce. <laughs> it's not it's, even raining. I am not a pretty man. And <laughs> you are a gorgeous man. I do not know what you're talking about. You are a beautiful human being. Uh, it's the beard. That's... <laughs> All right, um, so one more chance to pitch everything. Um, you beautiful, beautiful man, you. Um, one more right chance back to... back at you, bud. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> one more chance, pitch, pitch all of Cell Liberty, where they can go to follow you, where they can go to uh, eventually uh, donate, uh, and where you're going to be. You, I know you said in about... I, I wish you were going to be in Florida this weekend. Um, but... Let people know where you're going to be and how they can book you. And that way they can uh, learn more about you and get you to come and do this without a camera in your face. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, Facebook.com slash We Sell Liberty. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Inbox me if you want me to come to your local affiliate. If your affiliate doesn't have the money, that's totally okay. Right now I am doing this at cost. So if you want to help me fundraise and get me out there, We'll do an event. We'll uh, I, I often bring celebritarian friends with me, and um, and volunteers from out of state. When we were in Tennessee, I think we had we had uh, some guy named Spike Cohen was there. Um, I haven't there heard of him. Is he good? Uh, he's kind of a weird little guy, no. but uh, he's all right. Okay. He's uh he, he's been on Kennedy a couple of times. I heard huh. um, from from him every time he's on Kennedy. <laughs> but uh, it, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Spike. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So when we were in Tennessee, we had people from, uh, we, we, the event went so well, we had people from all over Tennessee, uh, folks from North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, I think Georgia was there. I'm not sure, but, um, let me know if you want me to come out. We'll do an event. We'll do a training session. We do training sessions on, uh, affiliate development and organization member retention, stuff like that. We do, uh, sales, it, we do sales trainings, marketing trainings. And um, keep a lookout on Facebook, and we'll be posting our new website coming out soon with uh, virtual courses that you can take and get certifications and kind of gamifying that, making it a little bit fun. And um, 
for sure keep a lookout for Patreon and our Venmo so that you can contribute, not donate. Uh, and and that's it. I think that's all I've got. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so I'm going to go over and do the closing, and then I've got to hop over onto Clubhouse, which I'm going to pitch in a second to everybody, where we're going to be looking for donations. Um, so if you're awesome. going to head over to Clubhouse, uh, I will see you there in just a minute. Um, well, but thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. I always enjoy talking to you, and I cannot wait to see you in person again because yeah, same here. COVID is over, and I can't wait to hug you because um, you're a beautiful man. You are a beautiful, beautiful man. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, my brother, for coming on. I will talk to you, you. very soon. Appreciate you. Right. To everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, be sure to tune in. Well, first, we're going to be going to Clubhouse as soon as I'm done here, um, where Spike, Cajun, Eskimo, and I will be talking to you all about some new uh, stuff that we have going on and uh, trying to get money so that all of us can end up in uh, Mississippi together in a few weeks. Um, and then on Sunday at, I believe, 3.30 Eastern, it may be 4.30 Eastern, but just keep an eye out for it is the inaugural episode of Cajun and Eskimo from Bayous to Igloos airing right here on Muddied Waters. I am exceptionally excited about this. Um, I cannot wait to see what these two have come up with. I talked to Cajun for a couple of hours today about it, and everything that uh, they are putting together sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, So be sure that you tune in for that. Then join me and Spike right here next Tuesday, literally right here. He is going to be in this room with me next Tuesday for a special episode of the Muddied Waters of Freedom, uh, where Spike and I will be parsing through the week's events like the 2020 Wonder Boys that we are. And then on Wednesday, the 16th, Spike has Evelyn Lonson on his program, Uh, And they are going to be talking about stuff that I don't know what. Um, They're going to be talking about stuff. And you know what? You should definitely, you should definitely tune in for that because it sounds awesome. Um, Just from the quick thing that I read in two seconds there. And then next Thursday, right here on the writer's block, I am welcoming on Travis Bull Johnson, who is running for Congress in Minnesota, and I am so very excited about this. I have heard nothing but wonderful things about this person, and I cannot wait to have him on my show. So be here next Thursday, 8 o'clock, for Travis Bull Johnson. Hop on over to Clubhouse for everybody who wants to uh, be part of the uh, fundraiser that we have going on. And your fun fact of the week... Harps have 47 strings and seven pedals. So if you're ever asked that question in trivia, what has 47 strings and seven pedals? It's a harp. It's not a harpsichord because you will 100% lose if you guess harpsichord. To and uh, to everybody else, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am Matt Wright, and you are all so incredibly perfect just the way you are. I'll see you next week. I am... I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's just standing the legs.